Welcome to Fandom Night's Pages of Fandom, as we add pages to, well, the ever-continuing legacy of our fandoms. And, uh, yeah, Reploid Bill William Bush. Sub-level Sario. Shane McCree, Frodo guy. It's about the weakest intro I think I've ever done in the history of, like, our seven-year show. Eh, sometimes that happens, but considering the fact that it's also late... And uh, today just seems like it's been one of those like weird, crappy days. I'm, I'm gonna allow it. So I'm not the only one that felt that way today. No, no, I I don't know if it's a matter of it was cold and windy and half wanting to be sunny and half just like pitch black, looking like it's gonna like hail, storm, tornado, like rain, brimstone and fire from the sky type of thing. Like, eh, today I just had a- felt weird. I had a fantastic day. No, you didn't. <laughs> I, I, no, I broke Caterpillar property, so I'm always happy. Okay. All right. I guess, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so long as they don't deduct that shit from your pay, that should be a good day. They just take his license for three days. Nice. I, sh- I shattered my window in my truck. Oh, so that means they're going to start handing you a push broom for the next three days. No, I no. got to do something. I gotta do something far worse than that. Yeah, he's right. Far worse. I'm doing basically what Bill does every day now. Oh, picking. And it, no, I wish. So now to put us on track because we're literally just <laughs> talking garbage. Okay, yeah. guys. As I said before, Pages of Fandom is going to be going over comic books comic book shows, comic book movies, manga, anime, and of course anime movies and things of that sort. And I said that every time we come in here, I'm going to try to change our major subject matter. So today we are actually on manga, and our topic is going to be your history of manga. We're going to be talking about where you started, kind of where you are now, uh, kind of what got you into it, what kept you into it, uh, did you fall off, just different things like that. But as per usual, we're going to start our episode, at least I'm trying to make this our per usual, with a current issue. So anybody that would like to add a page to the fandom book, go for it. Well, I'm pretty sure I can cover something both me and Shane have been doing. Um Saturday when we came over to record, like I said last time, I was going to bring over Kingdom Come. I actually didn't sleep that night. So literally I was up all night Friday and I ended up reading almost all of Kingdom Come and finished it as soon as I got over to uh, Bill's place for filming that day. And then, of course, lent the book to Shane. So the big question here is, Shane, have you read Kingdom Come now? Yes. Why do I feel like that's a lie? <laughs> because I'm lying. I was going to say, it didn't sound very convincing. Like, I know I know you picked it up and, like, you were thumbing through it a bit over at Bill's, but, like, yeah, I'm just not sure if you actually read anything in it or not. Have you gotten anywhere in Gundam Origin? Yes. That's also bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> So Shane's done nothing. I only pro- <laughs> I only promise to try. Yeah, I guess. So you got anything, Seth? 
Uh, nope. Like I said, just other than uh, reading that, that's no. All right, that's fine. What I about you, nothing. Shane? If we're talking about what got me into uh, manga and stuff. Nope, we're on current events. Nope, current issues. Yep. Current. Oh, I haven't read anything. All right, well, I have a current issue. Oh, my God. I have a hardcore current issue. And, and um, just, we're going to, I mean hardcore, okay? I've been going through my books. And I've been sorting so out books. Read some more Crimson comics. No, I've been um, I've been sorting through all of my books to figure out what I'm going to sell and what I'm going to keep, and I come across these really old Justice League International books, and uh, in particular the Justice League Task Force. <coughs> there were two issues independent. Uh, uh, two issues. That I went over as I was because uh, I've been reading through all of my Justice League stuff and I come across these two issues where John Jones is the leader of the team because it's the Justice League task force. It's like 92 or 94. But regardless, the book starts out where uh, Vixen, Dolphin, now, these are some obscure characters for people that really don't read comics that much, so just bear with me. Vixen, Maxima, Dolphin, um, Wonder Woman, and John Jones are all picked for this mission. They have to go save this guy and a certain material, like a real important case with some stuff in it, and he happened to fall into this cave where he found an underground society of people. And they're a lot like the Amazons. They're women, and they freaked out because this dude was there, and they capture him, and they're going to kill him. He gets out a distress call, and they decide to send a team of women to retrieve him. Here's where things get... uh Weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I just described the team to you, and I told you they need a team of women. Well, the Martian Manhunter can literally change into anyone. Um, dude, the Martian Manhunter became, like, Jay, his name is, like, Joanne Jones. He is okay. the... He became the Martian woman hunter, or as I like to call him, transsexual John Jones. <laughs> We're not even close to done. Now, not only does he become a woman, and I'm telling you, he becomes a, he's still the Martian manhunter. When you look at him, he's green. He, he looks like he might be the beginning ideas of what McGann is. You know who which McGann would sound is? About right for, yeah. Okay, okay. Just yeah. had to make sure. I was about to say that that would probably be uh, right about for the time too, seeing as how she was a Teen Titan. And okay, now hold on. Not- no, it gets it gets. This is going to get weird. Out of all the women I just mentioned, you know how Wonder Woman dresses, right? So you would imagine that because she's Amazonian and everything, she's used to wearing almost nothing on her island. 
her normal battle suit's not very uh it's it's somewhat revealing. Yeah. Transsexual John Jones is the skimpiest character in the book. <laughs> I was actually about to say, let me guess he turns into like a chick with some like huge knockers wearing like literally a micro bikini. He uh he has um he has about medium sized knockers. <laughs> his uh his chest belt is his bra. It's the only thing holding the things in. <laughs> wow. And he's wearing a thong. Oh, and hooker boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're laughing. I read this whole book looking at him like, what the fuck? I think it's because I'm not looking at him. I'm like imagining it in my head. Dude. So of course he's got like like the big like Wonder Woman bouffant from about in that area, and he's kind of standing like one hand on a hip, one hand like over to doing like the kissy face thing, and it's like, uh. Well, okay. <laughs> they go down. Okay, there's a couple things with this book. As if he isn't he isn't crazy enough. I did learn something. I learned something that um. I learned something awesome. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's uh, let's just put this one out here again. I've said it in an old podcast. I have a penis, so sometimes I think of things or learn of things that are very awesome to me. Having a you know a penis. Yep. What are you doing? Me? Oh, I'm trying to get out a pack of gum. Okay. So anyways, they go down there, and on their way there, they're talking. And they end up fighting these crazy, like, Valkyrie ladies that are down there. And after they beat them off, like, they they get told that... They beat them off? Oh, you know what I mean. (laughs) They get told... You're talking about Tranny John Jones and the beaten off. I'm not even close yet. Just hold on. They they stop these women, and then they're deemed worthy for the society. So they're like brought in, and they have to they have to go meet this this. They call her the one that must be served or must be worshipped, and so they go and they meet this woman, and she's like the leader of their people, and she looks at she looks at transsexual John Jones. And she's like, you, you are the one I have waited for my whole life. I can already see it. I love you. And he's like, uh, oh. And then she's like, she's like, we will be wed at once. So then they take John Jones, transsexual John Jones, off into this room where they strip her down naked put her in a bathtub, wash her all up, put her in skimpy golden armor. (laughs) Then they walk her out to get married. Now, during this, Maxima is like, what is wrong with these people? How can a society exist where there's only women? And uh, one of the other people says, what do you mean? And she says, well, there's no fun why would a woman seek another woman as a mate? And right after that, 
Dolphin is like, that's kind of a narrow-minded view. It's, she says, uh, it's just about who makes you happy. And right after that, they look over at Wonder Woman and they say, well, doesn't your island have no women? How do you guys, uh, you know, no men. Yeah. They say, uh, how does, (laughs) how do you guys, how do you guys handle companionships? And, uh, Wonder Woman looks over at her and says, well, uh, I'm, she says, I'm, I'm not going to give away too much, but let's just say there's a reason we call it Paradise Island. Wow. So, uh... Wonder Woman, <laughs> in 1994, in a Justice League comic, admitted that she's, uh, she's munched a carpet or two. <laughs> then... It gets more bizarre when they go up to the, they go to the wedding and transsexual John Jones marries this woman and then they go off to a mountain to, uh, they go up to like this friggin' plateau and they're going to consummate their union when this woman takes all of her clothes off and she says, gaze upon me and all of my glory transsexual John Jones (laughs) and he says he like he gets these big giant eyes and he says I don't understand and she says what is it you don't understand and he says doesn't that mean you're a man (laughs) wow so then we have a very awkward fight scene between a naked lady with a schlong and transsexual John Jones and Wonder Woman breaks that dude out of out of the jail and they get the case and then she uh she tells John Jones that they are going to um mate and all of a sudden he says there is only so far I can take this farce. And he lifts his arms up and he becomes big, giant, buffed up, normal John Jones. But <laughs> now the comic takes an even more bizarre turn because when he does this, they didn't change his outfit. So now he's ripped up John Jones wearing a wearing thong. A bikini. No, wearing a thong. The rest of it explodes off of him. Only the purple thong barely holding his nuts in. And yes, they emphasize it. Almost every picture shows that he has a gigantic bulge. (laughs) And the comic seems to focus on that area a lot. Every other scene is John Jones' giant fucking thong bulge. I wonder if that explains why uh, Superman and Batman are the way they are then. (laughs) They go in the locker room every day and they're like, man, now we got to compete with him. And then they all leave. (laughs) And when they get out, uh, they ask John Jones what the woman said. And he said that because he saves her. I'm not going to give the whole comic away. He saves her from falling into this pit or something. And then, um, she offers him the chance to stay there 
even though he's a man. And he says that while it appeals to him to live a life of of a romance and just kind of close out the rest of the world and be happy, he believes that their physical relationship might be a bit strained. And that's a choice he's just not ready to make yet. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. And that is my current issue. And that sounds like an issue. So my current issue is transsexual John Jones, strange Amazonian shemale chick, and uh, and lesbian Wonder Woman. Yeah, you have even, Wonder Woman doesn't surprise me. I mean, when you think about it, what is it? One of the last surveys done states that, like, a good chunk of the female population, like, throughout the U.S., like, either has or is in, like, a relationship with another female. Like, they've done stuff, like, not so much like a bi-curious thing, but, like, they just fucked other chicks. This is in 1992. In 92, I read a comic about transsexual John Jones, shemale Amazonian chick, and lesbian Wonder Woman. Eh, again, still not that no, strange. It's no, just one of those ahead not, of its time no, things. No, no, <laughs> not eh, 92. I was born in 84. <laughs> Still an eh to me, but... That's not an eh. I was eight years old reading about transsexual John Jones. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> At eight years old, I read about transsexual John Jones, lesbian Wonder Woman, and crazy Amazonian shemale chick. That was that was probably not the best influence for my childhood. No. I'm still trying to like do the math and figure out how old I would have been about then because I know in '92 was when my dad married my stepmom. And I was reading comics. So. This is this is one of the comics that was left over from when I was first reading books. So this is one of the very early issues that my mom bought me. Because in order to get me to start reading, she figured out that if she bought Ninja Turtles and Superman and Batman, I would sit down and I would try. And she could sit down on the couch and she would read some of the words to me and then she would make me read like another character's verses. So <laughs> at, at eight years old, I read this book. <laughs> Okay, now that's a little bit different. Then. And I'm just now going back through it, and I, and as I, I was, as I was reading it, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> 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 and my mom had to have sat there and read this with me. I want to make a comment here, but uh, yeah, I'll be Dude, nice. This is weird. <laughs> So today's topic is is uh, our history in manga. So first off, um, how did you guys get into manga? Well, for me, it was, I believe it was you, Bill. 
because before I met you, I, I didn't read manga. I just watched anime. And um, I think you were the one that told me that the books were better than the uh, animes I was reading. So I believe that I, I believe you're the reason I started reading mangas. In a lot of cases, I still believe that's true. What about you, Seth? Mine's kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't really read manga that often. Like, the closest that it comes to would be uh, technically not manga, but classified as something else. Dao Jinshi. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so, like I said, I don't really... Like, I barely have any comic books. Like I said on the last episode, like... Or maybe it was the... No, it was. It was the last episode. Like, that picture I sent to you guys is literally, like, a box about the size of, like, one of Bill's comic book boxes. So anybody that'll go down to, like, their local comic shop and look, it's literally that sized. And it's filled with, like, graphic novels and, like, collections of books. And it's literally, that's just comics. I don't actually have any manga. Now, I would actually like to, you know, sit down and try to get some and read it. But again, I barely read any of like any of my actual comics because nine times out of ten, I'm either busy playing a video game or watching something on TV or, you know, working or doing whatnot. So, yeah, like I said, I, I barely read as it is. And it's not a matter of I don't find reading enjoyable. It's just a matter of. I don't really have the time to sit down and read something. Is always my problem. With this show, I actually saw this one coming. When we would first get to the manga issues, I knew that it was going to be like this. I am pretty much the only person in the group that actually reads manga. Even Shane, like, he bought some of it, but... In terms of actually reading it, I only know one book that Shane has actually read, and that was Suzuka. Everything else I think he just kind of has, but not necessarily pays attention to, or actually finishes. Actually, wouldn't the disembodied voice be another person who actually reads, but... Reads, but not manga. Not well, that no, I that's know what of. I meant. I thought he's, I thought he's got a few books. Like, they're digital copies of them, but I thought he has a few. I, I, I don't think so. Not that I know of. Eh. But, oh, well. but for me, I started in manga because my my uncle would always, he would always get shipped out. He was Air Force guy. He would always get shipped out different places. And one time he come back from Japan, and he drops these four things on me. And they look like comic books. But you read them backwards, and they were in black and white. And the first four comic books that he brought me like this were Dragon Ball Z, issue three, four, five, six. Nice. So I saw a I saw a portion of the Raditz fight on paper way before the show actually came out. Like I mean, the show was on, but it wasn't it wasn't big yet. And it wasn't until later on when I was, um, I was in grade school, but I can't remember how far in grade school. I might have been in like fourth grade when the first real Dragon Ball Z episodes were hitting Toonami. Toonami? Shit, I, I still remember like the episodes being on like 
Fox, and you yeah, had to be up at like. But those five were Dragon Ball. Morning. That was Dragon Ball, and it was still kind of weird because when you watched it, like uh, they would actually say, like those episodes were strange because I remember watching them and I've never found a dub from the Fox stuff that was being done, but they would actually mm-hmm. say like Roshi San and Goku San and things like that. It was almost like a complete literal transa- translation where they were actually saying yeah. like, like, oh, Kami-sama and things like that. Yeah. It was kind of bizarre when I was a kid because I was like, what does all that mean? Yeah, yeah, as a kid, we didn't understand it. But no, I mean, like, because the first episode of Dragon Ball Z I ever remember watching, I remember, like I said, I'd woke up early one morning, like, don't even remember why. And I turned it on, and it's that episode of Z after they've gotten the spaceship and they're starting to head toward Namek when they go into that weird, like, space colony, and all of a sudden dudes with guns are trying to shoot at them, and, like, Krillin and Gohan are shooting beams back, and I'm like, what the hell is this show? Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, I remember that. So I'm, I'm trying to think. I know I was in grade school. I want to say... Shoot, I want to say I was in like maybe third grade at that point. But I do remember that it did not take off on Fox. It never became a thing until until Toonami got a hold of it. And when they got a hold of it, I remember they, they didn't know. They were just trying to fill space with it. Because mm-hmm. when it actually gets to the end of the Pioneer dub, or the Ocean dub, however you want to reference it, like... Yeah. All of a sudden, they just <clears throat> ran. They didn't have any material, so like yep. you waited, and it got all the way up to where Captain Ginyu was just about to get to the field, and then yep. all of a sudden they were like, "Oh, by the way, next week we start all over again." Yep, I remember that crap too. It always got obnoxious because, like I said, I, that's how I started watching Z, and that's also how I started watching Sailor Moon, and because they played Sailor Moon after Z. Like, me and my brother and sister would wake up in the morning, and while we're waiting for our mom to get ready to go to work and take us to our grandma so we can go to school, uh, we would sit up and we'd actually watch Sailor Moon. Because that actually ran, like, the entire course, because, of course, more and more people were, you know, waking up and actually watching Moon over Z, because they were playing Z, like, way too early. But from there, I remember my first real mangas... I can't remember what they were, like the ones that I bought specifically, but I have bought and read a lot of them, and over time I've read things like, like uh, at first of course I was very like like shonen, everything was Dragon Ball Z yeah. and whatnot, but now it's it's kind of different, like up on my shelf I have Dragon Ball Z, I have all of Basilisk, which that that is amazing. Um, I have all of Dance and the Vampire Bund. I have some weird things like Love, Sickness, and Death. And then I have Fairy Tale, Negima, Love Hina, Gundam Origin, and an American manga called Empowered is also up there. Genshiken, all kinds of stuff like that I read now. But... I will also say, just to get this out there, just to, just to fucking be done with it so it never has to be a major topic, there was a point in time 
where um, I got tired of reading. Like, I, of course, I uh, I got into um, buying buying mangas that were risque. So I was buying things that specifically the only reason I was buying them is because there might be some boobies in them. <laughs> things like yep. things like Battle Club. Now, while I will <clears throat> say that I enjoy Battle Club, like on an actual funny storyline level, I think that it is good. There was one real purpose I bought that book. And then I fell into a time where I was like, why am I wasting my money buying books specifically so I could see some boobies when literally I could just turn my computer on and I can read some Dao Jinshi. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, all these books are hinting at sex, running around the issue, but never actually landing on it. So why don't I just cut out the bullshit and just do it? So I started reading some of those and then it was actually through those that I discovered that there's an entire group of behind-the-scenes people that are not licensed, that like mangas that stop running, or like that just kind of lose lose pace with where they're going. There are daojinshis out there that continue those storylines. They're not sex comics or anything like that. They're actually legitimate comics that are sold at a lot of these anime cons and shit like that that are just continuations of the stories and things like that. Like, there's an actual Daojinshi that follows future Trunks back to his time and then goes on from there. Nice. So there's a bunch of things out there like that, and and really this this one is just a general talk about, you know, our history with, with manga, but I... Like, like recently, recently my history with it is, it's, it's not huge. I'm just kind of trying to, I've had to slow down. I need, I, I want to finish certain books and that's a pain in the ass. I think that manga is overwhelming because like you want to read one piece, but do you want to buy 72 books? Like yeah, these are exactly. not these aren't comic books. It's not the same thing. Like I could fit I could fit seven hundred issues of a comic in one box, but these mangas, man, like I have a giant bookshelf in my living room and three <clears> shelves, <throat> like three shelves are stocked double like double thick. So like they're put I have a row of books and then an entire row of books in front of those books. And I have like no space, so yeah. I had so I had to start picking and choosing what was important. So now I'm only buying Gundam Origin, and I'm I'm in the process of buying all of Dragon Ball Z because somehow out of all the manga I've ever bought, I've never actually completed the dragons the Dragon Ball Z books, and yeah. I'm also buying Negima. So right now my current focus is on the new Dance in the Vampire Bun 2, completing Dragon Ball. Negima is my comedy manga that I'm buying, and Gundam Origin, which is just about done. Like, I have uh, three books left to buy, and I'll be done with them. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, I was about to say, like, it's always been one of those things, too, where, like, you even mentioned, you know, everybody and their brother who was trying to get into it always had, like, Shonen Jumps lying around. Like, I know a buddy of ours, Craig, like, he was hardcore into the Shonen Jumps until, like, one day you were like, uh, you realize that, like, the jumps, like, because they put so many in there that you're only getting, like, half or even a quarter of the book's worth, right? He was like, do what? And then you actually showed him what, like, an actual book looks like. And, yeah, it literally looks... If I have to compare it to something size-wise, I almost want to say that it looks like the thickness of a decent-sized graphic novel book. Like, no, I take that back. Like, my Spawn collection books will be about the size of your average, uh, uh, goddammit, average uh, manga book. Well, actually, the first mangas I ever got looked exactly like our comic books. There was no difference at all. They were just backwards and black and white. But right. um, um, normally what you're talking about, the books that we get over here and over there for that matter, they're referred to as economic books. And the idea behind them is that they're a little smaller than the actual manga print and they're black and white where lately they've been releasing these deluxe books, and these things are awesome because they're bigger, they're like the actual size of the mangas, and they feature the color pages. A lot of manga artists will color like the first four or five pages of each chapter. And Yeah, like uh, when you were showing me off uh, uh, the Gundam book, you were even stating that. You were like, yeah, they'll color like the first few pages – the last few pages and then any time that there's anything important in it they'll color it in yeah yeah but a lot of these a lot of the economic books they won't do that they're just always black and white and it's interesting because sometimes like especially when i read dance of the vampire bun the first ones that were released were the economic books so i Mm -hmm. actually thought that mina the vampire girl i thought she was like a little blonde girl and it wasn't until I actually got my hands on the deluxe book with the colored pages that I realized that she has pink hair. Nice. It's not a big deal, but it is kind of different how your imagination, when you see things in black and white, you just kind of place a personality and choose your colors mm-hmm. from there in your mind. Yeah, yeah, because the only other time that you would usually see color on a, in an economic book would be like the cover. Yes, There we go. I knew I had one coming. So, Shane. Yes. The only book that I know you've read is Suzuka. Is there anything else you have experience-wise with manga? Naruto. Okay, okay. I I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. I own um, um, the younger Naruto. I own all uh, 27 books that released... And I own seven of the Shippuden books. Have you read them? Not all of them, no. Okay. I did read uh, the the, um, the 27 Naruto books I own. I read about half of them. 
But at the time, like I told you, I was watching the show and everything. But I'm looking at my manga shelf right now. And, like, the only other mangas that I have uh, all the books for is Basilisk. Which are, that's only five books. It's kind of an easy read, and it's definitely worth it. Yes, I also have... I actually, that's another one of those books that I feel is actually superior to the show. Like, when we got the show, it was kind of cool, but the book has an atmosphere that the show just simply does not match. Yes, yes, I agree with you on that. Um, other than that, I have series of books up there, but none of them are completed. Like, I got the first five books of Fairy Tale. I've got the I got five out of the six books of Battle Club. The sixth book is so hard to get. I had all of it. I had uh, the sixth book and I got the reading it and then I got to the middle of the book and realized <laughs> that somebody had torn out like five of the middle pages and then I had a flood which destroyed the other the other five books and I've just never had the goal to buy them again. Yeah, like I have four issues of uh, High School of the Dead. I think I have seven now, and I think there's I think there's like fifteen or sixteen of them like total. I think I'm not sure. Now Omnibusts, I've got the first issue, the first book of Ten Chao Tengu. I've got Genshin. Is that okay? Hold on, before you go any further, uh, the Omnibus. Okay, it has two books in it, right? Uh. It is. It's not three. It's two books, and it's actually it actually says uh, Tin Chao Tango. Oh, great! Yes. Okay. Yes. That is and the it, that is the first ever official unaltered book released here in America. The other books that were released, if you guys that are listening to this show, if you guys have the other books, which are like the single volumes. In a way, you got screwed because there are pages missing. There's artwork that's covered up and changed. Uh, some of the dialogue was altered so that it would be more uh, release-friendly for the time when it was released. And only these new books, these uh, two-in-one volumes, finally have all of the story and nothing is censored and all of the pages are present. Nice. Yes, I I don't know how many issues of the um, of the omnibus there are. I want to say there's like fourteen. What just happened? No idea. My <laughs> headset died. Oh, okay. I was like, nice. I was like, what was that? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, All of a sudden, there's dead air. I'm like, well, this party died. That's. I apologize. I don't use my headset so often, so I thought I had more battery. So I have to charge that. Up. Not shit in. So I'm going to have to use my laptop's mic for the remainder of this episode. Well, we're almost done, to be fair. So. Yeah. Okay, that's that's really good then. <laughs> But no, that's what happened. But um, I also have the um, omnibus of the first book of Air Gear and Genshiken 
And now, love Air it. Gear, that's something I would like to read because I finally got to watch the show, and I actually liked the anime a lot. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And it's got me. It's got me very, very, very curious as to how the book was run, as opposed to the show. Now that I think about it, that could have been one of the animes that I didn't think I was going to like, but ended up liking. Because it's about rollerblading. It feels like Jet Set Radio, the anime. Nice. Yeah. I might actually way, have yeah. to watch that then. Just got a lot more potty mouth. Oh, then I'll definitely love it. <laughs> it's got some, it says some foul language in it. Gantz is another one of those books that goes uh, 100% better than watching the show. Now, the show is pretty much, it follows the books all the way up until the last event of the, of the Gantz anime. The last event in the, Gantz, in the Gantz anime has nothing to do with what was going on in the book. And Let since me guess, the, because they considered the uh, book to be more extreme than uh, what could be shown on TV. No, um, from what I understand, the artist has this habit of taking his time. Like he'll produce a book, and then you might not see another one for like another five months, and then all of a sudden he'll like pump out like four books randomly, like like one every month, and then all of a sudden he'll just be on a hiatus for like half a year. Oh, so he was on a hiatus, and they were doing the anime. And they just went along without him. And then when he came back and finally showed the book, they were like, oh, shit, his is way better than ours. The show is over. Nice. I would also actually be curious to read Yu Yu Hakusho. And I've also heard that there's a Cowboy Bebop manga that I've never got to read. And I believe it's supposed to follow just Jet and Spike as a type of pre-story. Oh, that would be awesome. I've never got to read it, but I've only heard of it. And I'm not 100% sure if I'm right on what it is. But I I thought I heard something about it being like a pre-story. I also heard that same. I wonder if it's... I'm wondering if it's like what I would think, because... Like I said, for <clears throat> excuse me, for uh, animes and stuff that I want to see more of, like like I said, I want to see more Bebop, and you were like, well, I don't want to because Spike's dead. Well, technically, I'm thinking more along the lines of like backstory stuff, like somehow start them out where you know they meet, like get to the point where they meet up, and then like show that they start doing really great as bounty hunters, and all of a sudden there's like that- this massive decline. If they did that, I would like them to start all the way back where Spike is in the syndicate and he meets Vicious? and becomes friends with Vicious. Yeah, that would be yeah. sweet. Because and they were partners. Out, they were they yep. were actually really good friends until Julia got involved and then So I'd like to see the build up that that brought them together, tore them apart, killed Spike, quote unquote, and then found mm-hmm. him with Jet. Yeah, exactly. And then, like I said, then from there, like, show them become, like, some of the best bounty hunters. Because when you start off Bebop, like, literally the very first episode, hey, what's for dinner? Oh, the special, beef with bell peppers. So, uh, where's the beef? 
We're on hard times, damn it. We can't get beef. You know, well, like that type want, of thing. Like, if you want beef, then you have to uh, get big game. Not these. Yeah, exactly. uh, that was actually the start of the movie. And he's like, not cheap uh, thugs in a convenience store. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was um, that was the start of the movie. Um, now, I have actually never seen in the stores that we go to, I have actually never seen a Bebop uh, manga. That's because there isn't one. We are actually approaching our end time because I'm trying to keep this show to a little under an hour or just an hour. So today's topic was really just a talk on manga and to get kind of an idea going because we're going to have to start picking manga that we want to review. And believe it or not, I've been talking a lot that I want to review the um, the uh, Gundam Origin, but I know that not everybody's going to go out and buy that, and it seems to be taking a long time for anybody else but me to read it. So... I would actually be interested to see if anybody wants to read. Now, this is this is a weird manga. I'm going to be honest with you. It's weird, but I think that's why I want to review it. I think that we should cover No Bra. Um. <laughs> Never heard of it. It is a weird manga. It, it's weird but it deals with some interesting adult subject matter, like, and I don't mean like porn, I mean like yeah. something you really have to think about. And it's it's kind of a it's kind of a really good manga, but there has never been an American release. You can only get it by like going on like manga scan sites and whatnot. Well, that or you could always get an import, but uh good luck reading it then. I would be down for reading whatever it is that you want us to read. I already forgot the name, but Brawl? No Brawl. Yeah, no, no Brawl. Well, I I remembered one of the words. Which, again, like Bill said, you know, considering the fact that, you know, it it is a uh, manga, you know, there's, like he said, it's not like there's going to be, you know, major crazy nudity or anything, you know, insane like that, where, you know, people are just going to be running around buck naked doing crazy stuff. But uh, then again, I could always be wrong. Yeah, but I don't know. Right now, I'm not 100% sure where we're going with this, but I know that we're going to end this episode because we're coming up on our time. And I believe that our next show will be in comic book movies. Hey guys, did you like that podcast? If so, head on over to FandomNight.com where you can check out all of our videos, our other members' videos, and subscribe to the RSS feed to get constant podcasts every other day later on.